And now, the Disney Parks Podcast infotainment segment. Well, today we've got the great honor and privilege of having Megan Cassell joining us. And Megan's had five years of experience as a face character performer at Walt Disney World. And two years in specific, I believe, uh, in party princessing. I'm going to have to ask what that is. Uh, it's not every day you get to talk to a Disney princess. And like us, uh, you probably have a few things that you're curious about. Curious about. So it's our opportunity and we're so excited to have you here. So Megan, thank you. Welcome. Give us a sneak peek into what it's life like being a Disney princess. Well, thank you for having me. I, as you stated correctly, I worked in the theme parks for five years um, playing or friends with, I don't know how you guys feel about the verbiage. Uh, You can say friends. We get it. So who were you friends with? Well, it's funny, actually, on TikTok, there's some people who were confused by that, didn't know what people were saying. So uh, I thought that was widely known. Yeah. But I was friends with Belle, Ariel, Mary Poppins, and Queen Amidala for Star Wars Weekends. Oh, wow. And I met a mutual friend who worked in costuming and lives up in Massachusetts. And when I moved up here, I reached out to her just to have friends. <laughs> and she started a princess party company. So I still get to perform, but I also get to do more behind the scenes right. photography, um, helping people with their makeup and wigs. It's been a really fun experience. Oh, awesome. wow. And I, and I wish we were doing the show on video because your, uh, your kitty is all <laughs> over the place and it's so <laughs> yes. awesome. I That's Ricky thought- Ricardo. He makes it into my TikToks <laughs> too. I have a couple of followers who want to know what Ricky's up to. <laughs> yeah. I have dogs here and periodically, I mean, it depends on the angle that we're shooting, but like if they could see the far angle, like periodically my, my bully XL could pick his head up and just look and kind of lick and (laughs) Harley and my beagle used to bark all the time. So we love the animals here. So, um, it's funny the um the the young lady that uh, we recently purchased a house here, um, in Claremont, uh, and the lady that we purchased a house from was also a friend of uh, Ariel, and I want to say she was a friend of. I want to say Snow Aurora? White. Uh, Aurora. Oh, yeah. Man. I think I know who you're talking about. Was it Madison Webb? No, it was Elizabeth, and her last name is escaping me. <laughs> um, I'll look it up while we're chatting. This is about you, not me. But uh, well, that's cool. So, so when you're party princessing, are you allowed to go and just because you have someone designing the costumes for you, you can you can just go and the costumes are not necessarily Disney, but they're Disney esque. That's that's right, my right. Party princesses have all sorts of different techniques about how parks accurate they want to be, how much mm. they want to tread on the toes of that copyright. Yeah. Um, but for the most part the company I work for looks for parks accurate. So it's for people who can't get to the parks or, you know, want that extra time or, Mm. you know, it's a very different meet and greet situation. You have 72 seconds or 71 seconds average in the parks. And I get a whole hour with the kids if I want at a birthday party. A a friend of mine, a friend of ours told us that uh, it's, and I don't know if it's correct or not. It's called love and shove. You know, get in, get a little love, and then, all right, thank you. All right, have a great day. <laughs> yeah, that's the code for if they need you to go faster. They're like, right. no, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, all right. So she wasn't completely wrong. Uh, no, no. <laughs> so how did your, like, your journey with Disney begin? And then we'll talk about, you know, the process that uh, kind of unfolds. So how did sure. yours uh, begin, Megan? Uh, well, working at the parks, I was a broadcast journalism major, and I decided I didn't want to go back into that career. Mm. And I was living in Florida at the time, just kind of looking around like, what do I do with my life? And I decided to do what I'd wanted to do since I was a child. I wanted to be Belle in Disney World. And I was very fortunate. I told, um, I've told a lot of people this, it was timing. You know, mm. they were opening Enchanted Tales with Belle the year I auditioned. Oh, wow. And as much as I, I think I would hope that I would still have been cast based on my looks and performance ability, timing is everything in that yeah. um, in that role. And they had the headcount to hire me. So I got hired right away and uh, was able to open that part of the theme park. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, that is great. That's great. Uh, and I was there for that. So I probably I probably saw you, you know, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have known it, but uh, I was there for the opening. <laughs> In a few days after, so I probably probably got the lovely experience of 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 seeing you and not really knowing it, but that's awesome. Yeah. I've had the good fortune to have found YouTube people who have the whole experience on video. And one dad in particular had a video. I had a great interaction with his daughter on it, and it makes me cry to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Lumiere starts singing, and I just start crying. Right, right. I was uh, because as soon as I saw you and you mentioned you were a character, I'm like, I like your face was like, okay, I've seen her in the park, uh, either in a parade or in a meet and greet. And I started combing through my pictures. I'm like, I can't even find I have so many pictures at Disney. I need to better organize them, I think, (laughs) to try and go find something. I was like, I forget it. There's like tens of thousands. I'm like, I, I give this up. Um, yeah, I did the math one time. I think based on the number of photo pass photos oh that gosh. was that were taken of me during a shift, it was an average of like two thousand photo pass photos a day. So four thousand if you count guest photos. Wow, for five years. Does that ever like get some point like, get to you? Like, oh my god, there's thousands and thousands <laughs> of photos. Yeah. You're playing a character, I get yeah, it, but right. that ever like like that's beyond TikTok famous. That's a whole other level of famous. Yeah. It is interesting because I can look at a photo of a character and be like, yep, that's me or nope, that's so-and-so right mm-hmm. away. And a lot of people, they can't tell the difference, which is the point. Right, right. Um, but I love the idea that, you know, I had photos from when I was a kid in a photo album and I would look at that and want to be that when I grow up. I love the idea that I'm in some little girl's room inspiring yeah. her to do something. It's right. awesome. Right. Or boy or anybody, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, go ahead. So when, when they hired you in, you know, and, and you had it in your head, you, you know, I'm definitely gonna be playing Belle. Did they, did they train you on other, I mean, how many, I don't want to give away too much of the magic and I don't want to start poking that bear, but how much, how, how many, cause other cast can you have? Yeah. Multiple, <laughs> other cast members have to have multiple places that they can work. How many right. other characters were you trained for? Or did you have to so- portray? Every face character that comes in, and a lot of people forget this, they have to do fur first. Every single face character. And not just first, but continue to do it. Like, there will be days where you're scheduled for if that's where the operational need is. Mm. Um, So I have, you know, you're given a height range of fur characters that you're most likely to fit the costume safely. Right. And I was what was called dead height. So I had a limited number of fur roles that would fit me safely. 
about half a dozen that I regularly would use. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do the fur training and then for each character, for a face character that you're approved in, you do three days of training. And I was only approved in Belle first. Um, right. And then I got Mary Poppins and I did the Celebrated Dream Come True Parade. You have to be right. parade oriented for a safety orientation. Right. And then I learned Fantasmic with Mary Poppins. Oh, wow. Um, and then a year later, I auditioned for Voyage of Little Mermaid and was fit in Ariel and told I was approved for the equity show, but they didn't have any contracts open. Right. Again, timing being everything. Yeah. I called the casting team and said, hey, they said I was approved. Would you consider meet and greets instead? Right. And I was cast uh, five days as Ariel right after that. And I learned Fantasmic as Ariel. Yeah. So there was something to be said for advocating for yourself in yeah, that role. Sure. Yeah, and then Queen Amidala was was in there too and opened Festival of Fantasy Parade. So it all kind of comes every few months. You know, you start mm. to get itchy and mm. you're like, what am I going to learn now, please? Right. So right. what's harder, the face or the fur? I would think the fur is easy because they can't see your face and it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like you could be sticking um, your tongue out at people and nobody knows. <laughs> yes. Fur is definitely more physically demanding. Mm. And you have the challenge of communicating clearly non-verbally right. which is a skill yeah. and yeah. they they give you an animation skill based on your ability to do that right um i think yeah i think that was the more draining days was when i had to do five five days um even though the sets were shorter we were only on set in the summer for 20 minutes and we had a 40 yeah. minute break right. i would hang out with jesse for example at splash mountains exit with woody Mm. and my clothes after 20 minutes were just completely so, drenched. I had to change them, you know, take a break, cool off as much as you can, drink all the Powerade you can, and then you go back out and do it again just when you're cooled off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was at, uh, I had worked at a security host in Epcot and uh, right near American Adventure Theater uh, down that alley there. They used to park like a van that – just had the air conditioning a full blast. So like the fur characters would just go there, rip off, just go back there and air condition themselves, you know, in this frosty little box, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, they were, uh, I remember them having blue, like blue shorts and a blue shirt and they were just soaked, dripping, dripping, soaking wet. So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I did not envy them. I'm like, I hope they're getting paid a lot. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the other sad part then. Peanuts yeah. to sweat their butts off. Yeah. But I was just talking to a friend about this. Disney's done such a great job um, of branding yeah. and convincing us basically that it's worth peanuts yeah. to, sure. to do. And, and I'm not saying it isn't. It was a wonderful experience, but it's a great experience for young people. And that's why a lot of young people do yeah. it. Yeah. And Ricky debunked the myth that there was no air conditioning in that outfit, no fans, no nothing. It's just no. you and your sweat. <laughs> I have I have a refrigerator-sized friend I used to dance with uh, mm. who would wear an ice vest sometimes mm. and have some sort of cooling. That's a that's all I really ever saw. Yeah, and none none of the the friends I had ever had air conditioning. In fact, one of them I was approved in backstage. It was mm. for the dog days of summer. Do you remember when the hashtag show your Disney side year yeah. happened? Sure. Yeah. Yep. All these random characters come out periodically. Yep. I got to do through love week with Mary Poppins. Uh-huh. Um, I got to, to be on Twitter with that, uh, hanging out with Belle right. and they had the dog days of summer. And so bolt was supposed to come out this right. big white dog. Yep. And 
bolt backstage in air conditioning made me sweat in less than five minutes. And I got one bolt shift and I said, who wants it? I'm not doing that. <laughs> not in August. <laughs> I'll buy you dinner. <laughs> right? To go with this shift. <laughs> Unfortunately, when it's a special character, people were more than happy to pick up shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Right. Sure. What's the, uh, what was, uh, and we'll contrast it. What was the easiest part of all of your training when you were in training modes? For me personally, the easiest part was Belle's voice. Mm. Um, I have been mimicking Belle since I was a child. I've been singing part of your world since I could talk. And the audition side has a whole, you know, paragraph of things that you can memorize or read. And Mm. it has the line, far off places, daring sword fights, magic spells, a prince in disguise right in the audition side. And I just knew when I read it, I had nailed it. Like the, yeah. the look on the casting director's face, I was like, <laughs> "Nice." Uh, the trainers would make comments on that. And that was something I felt really confident in. Right. Cool. Right. So when so, you were, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So when you auditioned there, not only looking for, you know, look how you look physically uh, and perform, but also vocals on top of that. Like, can you to a certain extent, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's an operation. They have a right. need for head counts and they have a need for faces and bodies. Yeah. So, that's how you'll notice the discrepancy and how people look and sound and their performance abilities. And right. um, you have to look as much like the character as the other people playing the character. Yeah. It really isn't just do you look like the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So, the people who have the most opportunities. And the ones you see in parades and shows are the ones who probably have a theater background or a dance background or right. a um, a lot of pageantry. A lot of women come from the pageant lands huh. and they understand poise. They understand movement and presentation. Yeah. And so they end up in parades and shows. But not right. everyone's required to have that. You can come in off the street as long as you can sort of take four steps without tripping yourself. <laughs> that may not be possible for some well, of that us. Rules, that rules me out. <laughs> yeah, me too. So let's flip it. What's the hardest part when you were training? The hardest part in training was, well, you have the eyes of the trainer on you for starters. So I was constantly trying to impress Yeah. and I wanted to, I wanted to not only be good at my job, I wanted to be the best at my job. Right. Right. So I was looking for creative storylines, surprising things. So I wanted them to laugh. I wanted them to enjoy watching me. Right. And I gave myself that challenge in training okay. um, to really be creative with storytelling. And you can you can get in a rut and say the same three stories over and over again. It's fine yeah. as long as the guests are happy. But right. I didn't take it that way. <laughs> right. That's so great. I assume they give you some kind of script for each character, like things you can know. You can no. In fact, that's there are two different unions for scripted okay. performing roles versus non-scripted, and so oh, wow. every base character is entirely improvisational. Wow! So they they teach you how to come up with stories, yeah. And that's actually something I want to start doing on my Patreon is help teach people storyboard and and yeah. learn how to improvise like that, right? Because um, it's a great skill to have, even if mm. it's not for performing. Just yeah. being able to come up with things improvisationally. Sure. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, I work for a company that does, you know, auditing and financial tracking and all that good stuff. And I just got done taking a training on, you know, telling stories with data. Yeah. And there was a whole section on there that the the guy was talking about. Okay, so here's the deal: you need to figure out, 
you know, your headline, your sub headline, but you need to know what you're talking about and figure out a creative way to state it, even if you didn't have the slide and not most people in that industry, because I come at it from a completely different angle, but most people in that industry have no idea how to do that creative stuff. So that's great. I think that's an awesome idea. And let me know when you're ready with that. yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I like to make the stuff on my Patreon very character specific. So if you don't yeah. have a background in it, you could just you know follow along the, know. the bouncing Mickey, as it were. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't think you were there. Uh, I had an experience with uh, uh, talking Mickey when Mickey had a voice, <laughs> and uh, he said something like, uh, "Where are you going next?" And I said, "To a lounge." And then there was like dead silence, like crickets. Like I'm like, there wasn't a response for that somewhere. Like even like have a great day, pal, would have been fine. I thought, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, sounds great. Have yeah, fun. yeah, exactly. I was like, there was nothing. I said, all right, thanks, Mickey. See ya. <laughs> and yeah. I just, you know, left. But um, so it's very interesting. So they, you know, because I'm, I'm sure some people come in with some weird things and say weird mm-hmm. things to characters. I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Some of the things that people would say to you, but I'm assuming they teach you, you know, even if it's, you know, crazy for that character, you know, just stay in your character and you can say this, that or the other thing kind of, you know, to keep the character flow going. Sure. Um, Yeah, you definitely how to stay in control of the conversation the yeah. whole time yeah and if you follow those parameters then mm. you'll be fine yeah. um you really won't have any problems with things coming out of left field it's if you drop your guard and let the guest take control of the interaction that mm. things can come up um but that being yeah. said you know sometimes things come up anyway you know people want to tell you their story or they've been right. planning to to say something and yeah. you just have to be patient with them mm. the things that they say you know you can't really do is speak for the company. Sure. And so you can't say, I don't know or no. Right. And that's where those character attendants are just yeah. essential. You know, you say, well, I don't know about that, but my friend here can help you find out and just get them out of the, <laughs> the line. Right. I, I can't help you with that. Yeah. Not my problem now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, you know, it even starts because, you know, I, you know, it's one of the things I like to do is I like to meet the characters. It's fun and entertaining, but, even if you're waiting in line, they seem to start engaging with you, mm-hmm. you know, to aim that conversation down that certain path. So um, I've, I've seen, yeah. you know, characters, well, no, you know, doing it for, you know, while you're in the queue, like waving to you or trying to engage with you and things like that. So have you been to the park since they've done the pandemic meet and greets? I have not. No, no. I, I went in January um, mm-hmm. out of this curious drive to see how the world had changed right and um the stepsisters were doing a meet and greet Ooh. outside of fairytale hall with the queue as a barrier and they do a great job of that even in their normal meet and greets because right. they're an outdoor location they can see people and bring them into whatever meet and greets happening at the time yeah. and that was the entire thing of their meet and greet now is just talking to people as they went by or stopped and said hello yeah yeah that's fantastic that's good so, you want a hug but you can't get it but Right. Get some conversation. Right. You can't hug people in yes. parades. So how do you make them feel seen and appreciated right. when there are thousands of people and yeah. one of you? Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. So let's, since we have the opportunity, let's ask, what's a typical day like for a face character? Um, you would park 
I guess if you're working at Magic Kingdom, you park your car or take the bus, depending on your. I had a car the whole time I was there. Yeah. Um, then you have to get on a company bus to get on property. Mm-hmm. Right. And a Magic Kingdom, it drops you off at the back. You would go in and you have to clock in at a clock near the entertainment base. So you can't just clock in anywhere. Right. right. Um, you have a, a seven minute window, 15 minutes. Um, before if you want to make extra time you have to check in for Mm -hmm. the role for that day so they have captains uh leaders for the cast members who tell you um i'm checking in for xyz role and they say great head on up there or they say just kidding you're doing something else today (laughs) and and that happens more often than not in yeah mickey get over there (laughs) right yeah you thought you were going to do this we actually need you over here um just to interrupt for one one second so as a face character I'm assuming you're clocking in already 60% ready. Oh, you're completely. You're not allowed to have any of your makeup on. Well, that's not not any. You're not allowed to have any colors. You can put your foundation base on. Mm. Um, You know, you can come somewhat ready. I I mean, there were tips and tricks to make your time go faster, right? I got into a routine where as I was coming in, I would go ahead and get my costume pieces because it was on the way to the entertainment base, Mm -hmm. hang it up in the hallway, clock in so they didn't see I'd already done half my work, you know, and then go get my face on. Right. You kind of find ways to cut corners, um, but you also just get used to the routine of it. I can do my my makeup in less than half an hour and get Mm. to set. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So you've clocked so you have in about an hour from point you clock in to being on set. You have an hour and that includes getting your costume, putting on your makeup, getting your wig, making sure everything's ready to go, getting to your location and getting dressed. Wow. So it's, um, sounds like a lot of prep time is really not, and you're supposed to do warmups too. Yeah. Um, but these characters are exempt from group warmups mm. for characters have to do a group warmup, um, mm. because of all of that other prep. Yeah, I remember that in the tunnel. I think I think somebody called it the zoo. That's where the the characters <laughs> warmed up. Yeah. Um. So once you're there, uh, do you meet your attendant? You know, I'm assuming it's probably somebody different all the time, or the majority of the time. But for Belle, if you were doing the Belle show in Fantasyland, um, I assume somebody escorted you out there. I don't think there's a way to get there. Maybe there is. <laughs> no, you, there's a break room at every okay. face character location. Yeah. So there's a okay. break room where you can get dressed privately, okay. um, semi-privately. You're still mm-hmm. around the other performers in attendance. Right, right. right and yeah. they can help you up with your costume. And then mm-hmm. you have to be at your door, whatever door that is. So yeah. for Ariel Grotto, I'd have to be ready to, to go sit. Yeah. Um, for Enchanted Tales with Belle, it was a little bit different because the way the show the experience it's not allowed to be called a show the experience right. runs mm-hmm. it's at about 12 minutes and it's offset on a cycle from a separate room mm. so you have to be ready to get the previous performer off stage or to be ready if the show starts a little bit early right. um you have to kind of anticipate that and yeah. be respectful of everybody's time and um, so you, there's right. a little hallway behind okay. the room. So when you right. see the bell open the door, there's a, a private hallway there that they wait and get ready. Interesting. Um, so for that, you know, that's probably continuous for hours on end. <laughs> you do an hour on an hour off oh, okay. for most so, character locations. If there's back to backs, which means that yeah. there's multiple people playing the same right. character. Right. Um, in a location where you would see the same person all day, like, mm. 
at Epcot, for example, it's just one performer all day and they do 40, 45 minutes on, 15 to 20 minutes off. Uh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I, I Mary Poppins at the UK was a rough day. I'm just yeah. gonna say that. I was literally thinking of uh Alice. There's no shade where she is. No. And and when I was first there, she was on the hill. I don't know if you remember, she mm. was right on the incline. Yes. And we every single performer pitched a fit about being in high heels on that hill during flower and garden festivals when we finally oh, all yeah. lost it and said we can't do it with the pollen, the direct sunlight, the hill, the heat. We're dying. Yeah. And people started falling out of the shift and they moved the location. Wow. wow. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just had a, a little revolution. <laughs> but you would, I, I, Mary, I don't know, like get an umbrella. I mean, at least an umbrella, a little fan, you know, in right. the garden, make it green. Nobody can see it. You know, right. So, well, and, and that's where we ended up moving was in the courtyard yeah. of the UK pavilion. We were like, yeah. there's tons of shade right there. What's wrong? Yeah. 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 That's interesting. It's crazy. Um, did you do parades or, uh, stage shows and how is that different from just meet and greet? In order to be considered for parades and shows, you have hmm. to have a certain skill level in dance and animation. Oh, wow. So you start there. I had a three out of five in movement and hmm. then a four out of five in animation. Oh, wow. That's really good at charades. And, <laughs> um, so you have to hit those thresholds and then you have to go through safety training for mm. parades and shows. But once you've been through that parade orientation, you can be considered to learn any role in any parade and show, whether it's oh, a face character role or not. That includes movers. Mm. Um, so I was very fortunate that Celebrate a Dream Come True Parade, which closed <laughs> at the end of 2012, was face character roles that weren't trained. You just had to be able to stand on the float and wave. Right. And... So I was able to fill in for Mary Poppins there quite a lot. Right. Um, and and then once as Belle and once as Ariel, um, just before the parade closed, I wanted to do that. And then I was called on my birthday to be trained <laughs> in Enchanted or in Festival of Fantasy Parade. Oh wow. For the opening team. Wow. I was one of the first five women picked for that role. And it was the best birthday present I think I've gotten from Disney. Wow. Yeah, sure. It was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. So that was a really, really unique experience, opening the first parade at Magic Kingdom in 15 years. Yeah. And what, that's like. what character did you do for that parade? Uh, Belle first. Oh. So, so opening That's the Belle. thing. That's the float that led the whole shenanigans. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to the music in my car and it was glitched out, you know, as a mm. demo track for us to yeah. just learn what we were doing and just like right. sobbing. It was so exciting. And the first rehearsal, we have overnight rehearsals so yeah. we can be in the park. The float pulls around and goes around the center hub with the castle behind you. And you just know there's this beautiful castle, this mm. beautiful float, the beautiful gown, this performer and the people you're sharing with and the music. It was I'll never, ever forget that, what it was like to do it in the pitch black at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and then to see guests, you know, yeah, and then to sure. share it, too. Yeah. When you, were, when you were training for that, maybe specifically or other times when you were, I think you said you were in the um, Fantastic. When you're, when you're dealing with, like, especially when you're in a movement role with another performer, do you, do you get to train with that spe specific performer or is it just they've done it so many times they know the drill? You've done your part so many times and, and it just it just coheses really easily. 
So you do train with a partner mm. because they're tr- they usually try to train full casts at a time, especially for a show mm. like Fantasmic. It's if anyone could see what that show is like backstage, it's absolutely fascinating. It's like yeah. a Broadway show, how every single cog and piece has to be exactly perfect for the show to run. Right. And everyone right. knows where they need to be at what time not to run into each other yep. and and how to make it move efficiently. It's beautiful right. to watch. Right. Um, and don't miss the boat. <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. And and the um the partner I, I had to learn that role uh for when I learned Ariel in Fantasmic, mm. I had the same partner the whole time. When I was learning Mary Poppins, there were two Burt's training because they were transitioning from having chimney sweeps to having Burt. So <laughs> I would alternate with my two partners. Um, but yeah, you you learn it with one person that kind of starts to feel like your person, but then you can work with anybody. Right. Cool. Interesting. Interesting. The uh, Somebody explained a parade. It's, they said it's like doing a like a 15-second show over and over and over and over and over, you know, because you just, you know, you do your whatever segment that is, and then you just repeat it until you get back to the barn. It's true. And the yeah. parade at Festival of Fantasy was very unique in that it had mm-hmm. choreography for extended period of time because the music yeah. goes through each of the stages of the love and romance float. Right. So it was, you know, a couple of minutes before you had to start from the top again. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you do the same thing. Yeah. 15 times in half an hour. <laughs> yeah. But in different places and with different guests. And right. and your partner is a human. Well, my partner was a, a human being who could talk to me without people hearing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we'd have fun, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I, nobody's going to hear him speak. While I was smiling and yeah. chat to him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. was there a certain kind of wave or smile that you had to do for, you know, meet, parade, or, or things like that? I'm sure... You know, I've seen all the princess, you know, kind of do the princess wave kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you know, do they teach you something special for those uh, things, too? In face character training, you do learn how to wave mm. as your character. And the characters mm. have, you've probably noticed, different waves based on their energy level, their yeah. age, yeah. Uh, their grace, their background. Uh, I don't know if you've realized the princesses who have gloves are not born princesses. So they're covering their working hands. Mm. Um, but Dude. the princess. You, I did not know. We had learned something new today. Right. It's, it's a very subtle thing uh, for the most part. But Princess Tiana, you know, she she would have had a baker's yeah. hands and Belle worked in a, you know, she was in a village. She was working class. Wow. Cinderella, same thing. Ariel doesn't wear gloves because she's a princess under the sea and on land. Yeah. Gloves wow. under the sea, probably not so good. Yeah, you know, not helpful. <laughs> Could be a challenge. Unless they were sponges or something. Right. And then the and gloves can also show concealment, yeah, um, you know, sure. concealing your true identity, like with Elsa or with Hans. Right. 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 It's amazing. Yeah. Is there but a moment? Yeah, so we did learn waves. <laughs> yeah. Is there a moment that sticks out as like, I mean, you mentioned being the the first show in the Magic Kingdom in 15 years. Was Is there, I, would that be like the penultimate moment? Like that's one of the best memories you've got or is, or do you have in your catalog of memories you have a a memory that sticks out it's just like that on that day at that moment that time that was the greatest greatest day ever yeah there there are several several and mm. my friend that i mentioned who owns the princess party company up here worked in costuming and she and i went together in january we realized mm. actually are great disney buddies to travel with because we both worked there right and cool. she and i call it walking through a scrapbook because we don't just have the memories of working there, but going there yeah. as a guest and with our friends yeah. and as children. 
And so we'd walk through the park and be like, oh, scrapbook memory. Can I tell you this story? You know, we share yeah. with each other sure. these moments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from the first day I worked there, uh, the Dream Along with Mickey show was mm. uh, still there. And my grandma was my best friend growing up. I got the phone call that I was going to be hired full time to hang out with Belle. And I called her and she said, congratulations, Meg, but you've always been a princess to me. Mm. And first day of orientation, they took us out as a group to watch Dream Along with Mickey. And I hadn't seen it or didn't remember it. And Mickey mm. Mouse comes out and t tells Minnie, you've always been a princess to me. Wow. And I just lost it. <laughs> wow. That was I never cried for happiness until I worked at Disney. Just that uh -huh. overwhelming joy. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there had to be some guests to, you know, little girls or little guys or whoever uh, that, you know, kind of made some moments too, um, you know, with your characters. Uh, any of those things stick out? I mean, you don't have to share personal stories, obviously, but, you know, because yeah, it's, it's their yeah. story, but, you know. I had I had children sing to me in the grotto. And like I said, I've been singing Part of Your World since I was a child. That meant yeah. the world to me. Um, little kids would talk about the books they're reading in school with Belle or bring their favorite book to show her. Mm. I had a little boy dress up as Prince Eric one time. And I had wow. him pose like Eric's statue and gave him a kiss on the cheek. And his mm. the look on his face, I'm never going to forget. Um, the children are my favorite part because yeah. it is so real to them and their sure. unbridled adoration is so contagious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too, I just listened to your TikTok about uh, the autograph process and I didn't know, like when, when I went to traditions, it was like five days and we had to write, learn how to write the word Disney the correct way. And I was thinking to myself, Oh, my gosh, these poor characters have to write the name the right way every time. So sure. talk a little bit about that process. Well, you kind of have to approach it like drawing instead of writing. Okay. Because if you think of your own handwriting, it's naturally going to skew differently. Mm. So the way I would think is what shapes am I making? You know, what, what story am I telling with this? And is it mm. in the right place? And proportions. That yeah. was really helpful. You know, what has to be bigger than other pieces, yeah. but you do it so many times, nearly as many times as you take photographs, you learn how to write it without looking without yeah. while you're talking. It's right. a second nature. Yeah. This is why I can still do them. <laughs> right. Right. You need, you I need start the, to find texts wrong sometimes. <laughs> you need the buzz stamp, stamp, stamp. Right. Stamp. <laughs> or the the hashtag year, the show your Disney side year, they handed out those cards with the pre-printed. Yes. Yeah. I have a bunch of those still. Yes, hmm. that's right. Did you so, watch Saving Mr. Banks? Yes. Yes. There, there's a line in it when they first go to Magic Kingdom. Walt Disney's in there, and somebody says, "Mr. Mr. Disney, Mr. Disney, can I have your autograph?" He says, "I'll do you one better." It hands a business card with his right. autograph on it. Yeah, that's what that moment reminded me of. I was like, "Those autograph cards." <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. if think, he gets uh, up, he'll never get going. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think Steve Martin does it still to this day. He hands out business cards. He won't sign yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got a question. I have a, a specific follow up. And um, it, it, there's a reason. So uh, did you have the opportunity in your career to be featured on any of the Disney marketing materials or anything specific? Not on any print material mm -hmm. much. Well, that's not true. Not to, <laughs> not in any publicly seen print material, much uh. to my chagrin. Uh, my predecessor, as far as media was concerned, was on the park map. 
Oh, when Shannon tells the bell open and I was like, that's goals, right? To be on a park map or to be on a Disney commercial. Um, That being said, I was on Miss America and uh, have a video of that. I was on the Disney Christmas Parade two years uh, in a row, both on Festival of Fantasy and on the Christmas float. And I was on Twitter. So I had a lot, even though it was a visual media, it wasn't print media. So that brings me to this question. How does Disney handle, um, and I want to put this delicately, if it's not something you can answer, that's fine. So, like, if someone were to take my image and and use it for marketing materials, I would expect to be compensated for my image for the rest of my life. Hmm. Is that the same for you, or is that part of once you're a Disney character, you're portraying a Disney-owned property, so that's not you, that's Belle, and you're out of any residuals at all? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You you waive okay. the right through your employment to any residuals mm. from the use of that image because the image is of their property, not your face. Yeah. The, <laughs> right. And the union tries to protect against that to a certain extent. Sure. Actors Equity Union uh, protects the scripted performers and the singing performers. Mm. And so in a role where I was expected to speak, um, and Enchanted Tales with Belle actually fell under this for the first few weeks. They they scripted us too much. And so we were back paid extra. Wow. Um, but I was paid extra to be on Twitter because it was scripted. Wow. So they did give you some financial compensation, but not nearly enough as residuals would have yeah. been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. It's just, it's curious. I haven't known many, uh, many face characters. So I thought I'd take the opportunity to ask. But um, thanks for letting me know. That's a fascinating question. Fascinating yeah. thought. Yeah. If, it would have been great if you got paid by the photo. <laughs> I need a buck a picture, please. Exactly. <laughs> on top of my pay. Not in, in lieu of, on top of. Right. It's a premium on top of your base rate. Yeah. 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 Well, something you might yeah. want to bring up with the union later. <laughs> well, and it's it's different because it's a, a major corporation and they're sure. They're trying to preserve their brand for longevity. But I was mentioning to my friend earlier how this is the only performance-based industry that has mm. such levels of gatekeeping and secrecy around the, the realities of the job. Yeah. Broadway will let you in these doors. They're somewhat exclusive, but you can go backstage and, and meet people and they they sure. respect the performers separate from the characters. So I like practical princessing because I don't want people to feel like it's untouchable. If this is, this is a real dream that can come true for a lot of people. Right. Right. And if, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, when they go to the parks, they go, Oh, I want to be a character here. I want to be Mickey. I want to be, you know, whatever, you know, it wasn't the first thing I thought of. I was like, I want to think I want to drive the monorail first. (laughs) Maybe be a character. Cause I, I always saw backstage, you know, the suffering of the, the, the people that did that job was like, yeah, that doesn't look like fun in August. I don't mm. think so. No, no, no. I had a very specific dream to be Belle in Disney World. I wasn't asking mm. to be King Louie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there my gosh. My gosh, it's got to be horrible. Is there a character that you would have liked to have tried that you didn't oh, get a chance to? Oh, definitely. I was, I was fit to, uh, they looked at me for Cinderella. They looked at me for Aurora. Uh, I was not approved in either of those. Mm-hmm. I asked to be looked at for Rapunzel and they said, no, I didn't have the right nose for it. Um, and then when Anna and Elsa came out, mm. I was in the midst of working there. I was already pretty well established as their media bell at the time, yeah. which I think had a lot to do with it, but they didn't right. even fit me in either Anna or Elsa. Wow. Um, 
But my brother's girlfriend at the time was the very first Elsa and she was media. And so I had to watch her do exactly what I wanted to do the whole time. Just being like, "Mm, I'm glad I get to see this, but also I kind of hate you. Right. (laughs) I get a front row seat to my suffering. Right. I mean, and the the awesome thing is, is you've you've got a great attitude about it. It's like, man, I really hate this, but I'm so happy to see you and watch this happen. Mm. So that's pretty cool. I, I wish more performers were like that. That's something that I really try to dig my heels into my success does not take away from yours or vice versa. Um, I had a a woman when I auditioned for Queen Amidala uh, who had done it the year previously. And I was really excited about being fit. Star Wars is so cool. And we were backstage at Enchanted Tales. And she said, well, they always use the girls they've done before. You're not going to get it. And I got it that year. And then I was on an app as her. And I did a photo shoot as her. And I just was like, why couldn't you just have been nice? I ended up with it anyway, but you had to tear me down. Right. That's, that's not the way things should work backstage. No. (laughs) One of the benefits to party princessing too, is everyone's just so much more supportive of each other. Yeah. I, I have a, and I know that we've, we got a wrap Tony, but I have one question specifically about star Wars weekends. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. What was the deal with the uh, dance-offs? How did that come to be? Was that something that Disney was like, yeah, go create this? Or they create, I mean, at at the end there, it felt like it was very Disney produced. But on the front end, like when they were still doing it over at the Jedi Academy, Training Academy, it felt like it was more something like that the cast members got together and said, hey, we're going to do this and present it. And would you support it? And uh, did you ever get to take part in that? I did not. I was there the last year they did that, which, as you said, it was quite a bit watered down by then. Um, And the performer who did that had done it previously. So that did hold true in that case. Um, But that was fine by me. It was not a show I was interested in in really being a part of. But it it did start out as something far more lighthearted. And before Disney took ownership of the Star Wars franchise, Mm. they licensed that for weekends, mm-hmm. oh, wow. same way that Universal Studios licenses yeah. each brand that they represent. Right. So Lucasfilm still had final say on the what they could do. You know, Disney yeah. really didn't have a lot of creative control there. Mm. Mm. And when Disney made the the acquisition of Star Wars, is when you notice those changes start to happen, and they yeah. sort of watered everything down to Disney family friendly. Right. Girls just want to have fun. <laughs> that was the well, and it's a shame Star Wars Weekends had to go away for oh. Batu to exist. I, yeah. I understand Batu is a beautiful, beautiful place, but Star Wars Weekends was so unique. Yeah. And the, the fans were so unique. It was yeah. such a fun yeah. experience. And I can't yeah. wait for the hotel to open because I'm hoping there's more meet and greet and interactive stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it will be. And that's a heartbreaker. I loved Star Wars Weekends. Yeah. Yeah. I still think yeah, they could I do it in the, the park. Of it. They I could feel still like do it in all the, I Yeah, I think they could do it in all areas of the park still. I you know, the problem is they lost the big theater part. Um mm-hmm. but they could certainly do it in, you know, Beauty and the Beast Theater or the Indiana Jones Theater. There are still many theaters left in that you know, place to do things. Right. Yeah. And even just the meet and greet locations and the yes. overlays yeah. for the weekends, yeah. you know, doesn't really. Yeah. Yeah. Really I just recently, uh, talking about the hotel, I just recently heard that if you, uh, and I, I have to get verification from somebody that once you book that, uh, you don't leave the, the hotel. You're, you're not leaving. You can't leave to go to the park. It's your 
two days, three nights, and you're stuck in the building to do all of your role playing uh, inside of the building. Interesting. I like was a under the impression that you could go to Batu. Yeah, from maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I think I need more verification. Well, they've already put auditions out for the roles there. Yes. You know, screen performer lookalikes for Ray right. and Kylo Ren and yep. singing roles and Jedi Masters. Yeah. A lot of actually uh, middle-aged roles, which is really refreshing to yeah. see mm-hmm. for performers' longevity standpoint. Old people like Preach. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing about Star Wars, too. Like, you don't have to fit a cu- cookie-cutter look. Yeah. It's so right. much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right, uh, let's wrap here, but I think we may have to have you back on in the near distant future and talk about more uh, because I got lots of questions. Um, But tell everybody, uh, Megan, where they can find you, all of the uh, social media websites, all those kind of things. Absolutely. If you look up Practical Princessing on any social media platform, that's where you're going to find me. On TikTok, I do Q&As. On Instagram, it's a lot of my old photos or current photos. And I also have a Patreon page. So if anybody wants to support me Mm. financially, that's where those patrons come in. I provide content there that's specifically training for princesses. So most of the people on my Patreon are also performers looking to learn very specific how Disney does it training. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. Yeah, I would tell you go support it because I just uh, I get a real kick out of the TikTok uh and uh the patreon is probably even awesome stuff even better content so you don't want to give away the good stuff well it's i try to protect the the fine line that we're dancing around here right sure absolutely (laughs) well meg it's been a real pleasure and we would love to have you on seriously and uh hopefully we'll be able to talk to you so thank you so much for your time The Disney Parks Podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. All Disney Parks, attractions, lands, shows, event names, etc. are registered trademarks of the Walt Disney Company. Like a boat out of the blue Fate steps in and sees you through